Welcome to the Maluli Asset Management Podcast. This is episode number 218 as we swing through the Great Lakes region. 218 area code is for Cleveland, Ohio. So uh, along for the ride today, I am Tom Maluli and with me... Brendan Maluli. Let's get into it. Let's get going. So some of the things that we've been kicking around in the office here, some of the topics that we've seen in the news recently, for starters, junk debt, junk bonds, outdoing some of its peers. This was an article in the Wall Street Journal. Right. So junk bonds have performed better than things like treasuries this year or even more investment grade corporates. So they had an article about that. <laughs> I, th- I think they were doing, you know, <laughs> I-, I love the adjectives that they use to describe like bad years for bonds like we're talking about like an aggregate index being off like two or three percent like like high high quality u.s bonds here uh forgetting the terminology they used but it was obviously uh supposed to be attention grabbing I i think the thing that a lot of people misunderstand is when you're looking at bonds yes there's different different classifications of bonds of course there's Uh, municipal and there's treasury and of course with all of these there's long intermediate and short term durations but junk bonds are a class of bonds different from everything else because really they display more qualities that you'll find in a stock or equity like characteristics than you'll find in a traditional bond, like a treasury bond or some other investment grade corporate bond. A lot of times we wind up, when we're talking to clients and they bring up the topic of junk bonds, we tell them, hey, for all the risk that you're taking with junk bonds, just buy the stock. You might be better off. Look, and that's just our philosophy. We we rely on our bonds in portfolios to be a hedge against the stocks. So it doesn't make sense in that context, but that doesn't mean that nobody in the world should have money in junk bonds. I mean. If that's if that's fitting into whatever they're trying to accomplish, that's fine. Uh, just not not our preferred take on things. One one of the I guess points they were making in this article is that high yield ends up being uh, more tied to, you know, like the U.S. economy and and therefore the market too, because these are I guess not uh, usually large multinationals, so they don't have some of the uh, kind of like headwinds that bigger companies have been facing this year. We've seen the same divergence in, in small and large stocks right? where, you know, like the U.S. economy uh, seems to be doing pretty well and maybe the story has changed. Obviously, jury's out. We, we only view the economy through hindsight. You only know you're in a recession or depression after six months or a year. So it's not as if we can foresee this, but Europe and some of the emerging markets don't look as strong as uh, U.S. economies now, so they kind of presented that as as a case for maybe why this divergence is occurring. If you own bonds to hedge risks from the stock end of your portfolio, not really sure that high yield junk bonds are going to do that for you. They they haven't historically. I'm not comfortable saying that they will in the future either. Well, we look at the bond portion for a lot of our clients, we look at the bond portion of their portfolio as something that is going to provide some kind of hedge or protection for what could happen in the stock market and also act as kind of a bubble wrap for what's going on on the equity side. And it's just our opinion that junk bonds don't really give you the, the bumper that you're expecting uh, from a bond, it's going to behave a lot more like a stock than anything else in that we can find in the bond universe, unless you're talking about some kind of structured product. 
Well, I mean, I think the same case could be made for people that substitute like utilities and REITs for bonds. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like that's not much different than owning junk bonds. It's not bonds. Like they're going to go down when the market goes under. Mm-hmm. Dividend stocks too get subbed in for bonds sometimes by by people sure. depending on their beliefs and I don't think that that's a good idea either. <laughs> yeah. Another article that we picked up on that we've talked here around the conference table in our meetings is uh, chances of a recession in the United States are creeping higher. And you just brought this up that we're not going to know if we're in a recession or not until after the fact. Right. Uh, so one of the interesting things about this article was that so they they noted that i think this was, this was like a, a spanish bank and like their risk model or whatever i mean all all banks are using these kind of things because they think forecasting is possible well, all um, models work right well i mean <laughs> it depends <laughs> uh so what what this actually said is that uh the chance from this model's output said like roughly five percent chance of a, of a recession in january and now it's up to 16 percent which uh, the last time it was at this level was in uh, the beginning of 2016. Uh, the model spiked to this level, which just I know that there are, are they talked about multiple inputs that that feed into this thing, but it's largely just going to be rear view based on what has happened in the stock market. So like the last time the stock market went down 10 or 15 percent, this thing spiked, and that's exactly what happened after January of this year when we got the low reading of five, and now we're up to 16. Uh, but again, I think you need to keep in context like what they're saying. They're not saying that like that the chances are creeping higher, sure, but they're saying that there's an 84% chance that we're, we're not, not headed into a recession. Right. Uh, I saw something similar from uh, Cliff Asnes from AQR this morning was uh, sharing some thoughts on that that post that was going around yesterday about UBS ran like 10,000 simulations on the World Cup that said Germany would win. Right. And if you actually read what the UBS thing said, it said that Germany had a 24%, 24% chance of winning. Yeah. It didn't like, and that may have been, I think it was like the highest percent chance that they gave to any of the teams, but they didn't say like they were going binary, to win binary, like yes, no, win, lose, On, Germany off. has right. to win. Like that's not what, that's not what probabilities are. And I think you're always going to get headlines uh, that slap something catchy on there so that people will click because people want binary. They want we black want the black white, box. Yes no. we, yeah, like, we want yes, yes or no, on or off. Right, but that's we not, want to know this. That's not how. There are very few things in the world that work that way. I guess is what I'm saying. So, uh, not sure if I buy what I don't know what feeds into this model, but I, I more took it as uh, a chance to bring up. That's like a pet peeve of mine, like the probabilities thing and how people. Somebody has said this recently, and I I just continue using it all the time now. Is that. If somebody gives you a probability above 50%, you round it to 100. And if it's below, below 50%, 50, you round zero. it to zero. Right. So we we force binary readings on non-binary events. Uh, right. right. And and I think that's our fault, not the model's fault. That's, so our, to say that's like, our brain finishing someone else's sentence for them. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't think that like the models are at fault here. I think that's us being stupid. In a sarcastic way, finish the sentence for me, Brendan. What inning are we in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like we can go back and tell you what inning we're in a year from now. Yeah, we'll know. No. <laughs> yeah, June of 2018, we were definitely in the fill-in-the-blank inning. We and just don't know. We so. don't, and that's the honest answer. It's unsatisfying, and I'm okay with that. 
Tom Maluli is an investment advisor representative with Maluli Asset Management. All opinions expressed by Tom and his podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Maluli Asset Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of Maluli Asset Management may maintain positions in securities discussed in this podcast. I heard someone say that 37 friends of this guy that we know have his Netflix password, uh, and so everybody's using the same account. What? is going on with AT&T and Time Warner and all these old media companies that are trying to catch up to what Netflix is doing. There was a pretty good article in the Wall Street Journal this week and it was it, the point they were making was that these media companies like you you just alluded to are are kind of like teaming up to try to combat things like Netflix and like Amazon has their video and like Apple has been signing people to put out video content. And Yahoo bought GeoCities. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, the point that this article made was kind of that they can team up all they want, but in terms of getting uh, investors money, people are still going to give it to the newer companies because for whatever reason, we view them as tech companies. So earnings don't matter. And it's just like the idea of, this growth and the future where like Amazon and Netflix are our overlords who enslave all of us and own everything. Uh, and it's certainly like, I'm not, I guess maybe I am like mocking that a little bit, but it doesn't seem like that implausible, but pe people are buying into this obviously because they keep buying the stock. Uh, but the older media companies, regardless of whether they stay how they are now or they team up to try to like reinvent themselves are still going to be treated like media companies. So things like earnings matter sure. for them. So they can't get the capital and invest so aggressively in the way that some of these newer companies like, like Netflix or Amazon uh, are able to. And I guess I agree with that. I mean, it, it makes sense to me. I look at some of these old line companies that got into the cable business 30 years ago and some of them are just now starting to retire debt that actually put cables, wires in the ground or on telephone poles. Big cost outlay. Huge. To recoup basically like an annuity over over time to get their cost back, which is a lot of these companies have a lot of debt. Is oh. that that's right? They're upside down. Yeah. So they're over leveraged. Uh, but the the concept in the eighties was, you know, lever up as much as we can, raise all the money so that we can put the you know, lay the cable, yeah, lay the a, lay the it's fiber. A printing press. We'll just set it up and then like print the money over time. Right. <laughs> there was actually deals in the nineteen eighties where uh, there was a company out of Denver called Jones Intercable. And if you placed money, you know, you put some of your clients' money into one of their deals, they would fly you out to Denver for the weekend <laughs> and treat you like a king. Yeah. Uh, it was it was kind of scary. But those kind of projects just showed you the extent of money that they had to raise to finish wiring the, the last mile, which is still the, the golden goose, the, the thing that everybody wants. And they have to be so pissed off because the way that these like new streaming type companies are working is that like they're using the infrastructure that these older companies laid out right. to deliver their product that's cannibalizing their business. And if they were to do something about it, like raise prices on internet or do anything else, that how incredibly unpopular would that be? Yeah. It's like you take an unpopular company like whoever is your internet and cable provider, nobody likes them anyway. Right. I literally just got off the phone with uh, my company yesterday, uh, after 
seeing my, my rate go up and I called in and said I was going to cancel. So they gave me a new lower rate. And that's what we do. We do the charade every year and I hate it. It's ridiculous. I can only imagine what the the management of these old line cable companies were thinking when they saw a satellite go up in the sky. Like, you know, these companies like Dish and DirecTV, like, whoa, they're doing it without wires? Yeah. Not fair. Yeah. Not fair. Yeah, these that's how... These are just like piggybacking off of... Sure. All of the stuff that they set up, yeah, they're, the they're basically they're they're Zuckerberging them. Like they're MySpace, and now Facebook has come along, and they're just like, oh, crap. I had heard lots of stories in the late '90s as we were going into the top of the tech bubble, '99, 2000, 2001, where uh, there were stories going around that. 80% of the cable, the fiber that had been laid over the last 20 years to deliver high-speed internet and video and all that stuff was dark, wasn't even being used. Mm. And I have to believe that's where a company like Amazon says, hey, we need to have a lot of servers, we need to have a lot of space, but now we have too much. Right. Hey, we can sell our space. If basically what... What Amazon is doing with Amazon Web Services, I mean, that's a standalone company or should be a standalone company all on its own. They're basically taking that uh, storage space kind of idea. Hey, we'll just rent you our extra space because we don't need it yet. And in 20 years, we might. Then we'll kick you off or we'll raise your rates. Mm. And so you have these storage facilities that are all built on the outside of town. And then as gentrification happens and people move out to the suburbs or outside the city, all of a sudden their real estate is worth a lot more because people need the space. Mm. Amazon was just way ahead of them. But you look at some of these companies like, like Netflix. Think about all the movies that they stream, how much bandwidth they use. They're using, like you said, all of the cable that was dropped into the ground in 1984. 87 right by all these old media companies who are now like teaming up together because they realize they that need to bail out there's yeah they're, they still have mountains of debt right i don't know and there is just a part of me that i have no basis for this so it's just like blind contrarianism which is probably foolish uh but everybody thinks that like we're headed to this future where like netflix and amazon and apple are like the overlords who rule us all like we're obviously all missing something that like we're not gonna see uh without the benefit of hindsight like like how does this play out is it really gonna be that simple like like how we all see it now like amazon just gives us everything now we're not gonna know we don't know we're, i mean we're not gonna know no we don't and there, there's no way to know but i think that maybe like pumping the brakes on that whole amazon is gonna buy everything and be in every industry seems like uh, a reasonable bet to make I'm still holding stock certificates for my horse and buggy companies. They're making a comeback. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, I'm I'm not going uh, short Amazon. Ben Carlson and Michael Batnick always joke about. I don't know Michael uh, shorting Amazon back in the day. So speaking of Amazon, today they announced that they're buying a company, an online pharmacy called PillPack. Right. So it's happening. They're taking. They, it's done. They're, they're taking over. They're, they've moved in completely. Now no, this is this uh, yeah. is interesting though. I mean, this yeah. is just another area of life that is inconvenient. So if they can deliver this at a similar price point and make it more convenient for me, uh, sure, I'll, I'll use Amazon as my pharmacy. Why not? So that's really the point. Uh, PillPack is a company that was started four years ago. 
started in 2013, but they're on track for $100 million already in revenue. Pretty good. They announced this this morning while, uh, it, the funny thing is they announced it while Walgreens was having their conference call with analysts to talk about their earnings. Walgreens, which just got added to the Dow Jones Industrial Average, uh, announced that they're raising their dividend and they're buying back $10 billion worth of stock. So Amazon's doing something good in moving into the pharmaceutical delivery business. Uh, Walgreens is doing something nice for their stockholders. CVS, not out of the not out of the game. They announced last week that they cut a deal with uh, U.S. Postal, where U.S. Postal is now going to use their priority mail package. Postal Service is going to pick up prescriptions at CVS and deliver them to their clients' homes in a day or two for five bucks. I think that the area where they're gonna they're gonna lag if Amazon's purchase unfolds like like it seems it might is that people who have prime will probably get like the quote unquote free free two-day ship so if there's an additional cost to use the postal service people aren't going to do it yeah. or they might but it's not as convenient as amazon and then also consider like the user interface like isn't cvs the one who prints like four mile long receipts still like they're <laughs> going to give me a good website that i can go to to like order my stuff yeah or but I, I can still have to call the automated service and like talk that way to order my prescription because well <laughs> hold on a second you know on those mile long receipts you can also fill out a survey and you can enter to win a prize if you too, if, I you, want. if you drop in your email address so they can spam you four times a day right so. i don't know it's you know and and obviously they have to do stuff like this to stay on the cutting edge and be one of the biggest pharmacies out there and i'm sure that they want that's what they want so they have to try these things uh but i think that it'll be an uphill battle to go against a company like amazon that already has an easy to use website and and a contingent of customers who already pay for two-day ship yeah uh, at a flat rate once yeah, a year. the 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 story or the number circulating lately is 40% of all online transactions are happening at Amazon. So people are very used to working with them. And I think there's more Prime accounts than people in the United States or something. Scott Galloway has some uh, interesting statistic that, that is, I think, along those lines. I forget what it is exactly. So the whole idea of uh, you know CVS being able to deliver prescriptions to someone's home, you know, if you're homebound, it's a real problem. Yeah, absolutely. You know, getting your prescriptions filled, Amazon buying an online pharmacy. Incidentally, both Walgreens and CVS are down, you know, seven, eight, ten percent. Of course, not on their earnings, but on the news of uh, someone else getting into their backyard. That's a little troubling for them. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, who's the winner? in all of this the it's like the it's consumer. like low fees on investment products like etfs and mutual funds coming down like the vanguard effect right. so to speak yeah it's it's it helps us yeah it, the it, end user of the product exactly here, which is great yeah that's that's really the the main underlying theme in all of these events is that these companies are becoming leaner there's more competition coming into the market and so everyone's getting a lot more focused on what's happening with the end consumer that's really good that's good for business that's going to wrap up our podcast for number episode 2018 uh 2018 two, uh 218 area code 218 cleveland so wave to lebron let's wave hey king james <laughs> the goat 
That's right. Goat, greatest of all time. And uh, episode 219 takes us into northwest Indiana so we can visit the uh, Jackson family. Jackson it's also five. my birthday. That's right. 219. That's right. right. So that's northwestern Indiana. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you on the next one. Bye.